But I, I, want to, uh, I want to tell you this. If you know me, you know that I love, I know Brett knows this, I love etymology. All right. I love the study of words. I love to go and look at the origin of it, um, where it came from. Uh, look at the Greek, the Hebrew. I like to just study things out. I like antonyms. I like synonyms. I like, I like all that stuff. I know all of you are looking at me like, man, this guy is weird. But that's just the DNA that I have. I love to do those things. And so I had three words that I shared last night, and I want to share those again tonight. There were, exper I'm sorry, the engagement, experience, and encounter. All right? The engagement, experience, and then the encounter. There, th this, this is a process. All right? It's a process. First, you start out with an engagement. What is an engagement? Some of you are thinking, I know what engagement means. That, that means when you get engaged. That's when you put a ring on it. I took my ring off because when, when it gets cold, I clap my hands and my ring goes flying off. So I had to take it off. Baby, I'm still married to you. I promise. But like, it, if I do this, my ring will eventually fall off. So I had to put it in my pocket. But the, the word engaged, we think of uh, you, you put a ring on it and you're not married to it yet. But you're hooked on a feeling. <laughs> yeah? You're not married to it yet, but you're hooked on a feeling. And you know that there's things to come. <laughs> All right? So you get engaged. Before there can be a full-fledged commitment, there has to be engagement. Right? And so engagement means to be greatly interested in something. To be greatly interested in something. Guess what? You guys have been here all this week. You've come again tonight. And so that tells me that you are engaged. You are engaged. You're excited about something that's to come. All right? So you're engaged. The next step is this. You experience something. All right? What is an experience? An experience is the act or the process of directly observing something. I think that you gave this on Sunday night. The act or process of directly observing something. When you experience something, you control the limits. You control the boundaries. You control the parameters. You decide how much you take in. You get to decide, what, what, how far do I get to go with this, right? How many times have you thought this? Of course, there was a, a football game that happened Monday night. Some of you all know, know about that. Uh, some of you all are like, man, I would love to go to that game. I would just love to go. It, I mean, I, that, I'm engaged. It's got my attention. I would love to go, man. And, and you know, if I could just you know, afford to do it, I would do it. How, how much are the tickets? And you look at the price and you're like, oh, yeah, I can't afford that. I mean, I, I, I just can't, I can't fathom taking my hard-earned money and spending that amount of money on something, on an experience. I just can't imagine doing that. Can I just tell you that experience is, is a limit, is, is one step, but in order to, to, to encounter it, it's going to cost you something. You've got to be willing to pay. You've got to be willing to give. You've got to be willing to do something and go a little bit beyond what you're able to do. Amen? 
And so how much is it going to cost me? Many people stop at the level of experience because they're not willing to invest in the encounter. To encounter something, it's going to cost you something, right? So this week, some of you might have experienced some things, but you've stopped. You stopped. You weren't willing to stay until 10 (laughs) o'clock. You weren't willing to, Lord forgive me, you weren't willing to miss that Alabama football game. (laughs) Go dogs. I love you, Sister Tamika. I I say rawhide, and it gets everybody. They're like, rawhide, what? Raw tide? No, I said rawhide. All right, I tricked you. I'm an Irish fan. I'm just making sure nobody's getting up and walking out. All right. So we we have to get engaged, and then you experience it. And the final step is this. And I believe that some people are going to have this step tonight, that people are going to encounter something. I'm looking forward to the encounter. Amen? What what does it mean to encounter? It, It means this, that you get to choose what level you end up at, engagement, experience, or encounter. But look at this, whether you decide to have the encounter or attend the encounter, guess what? The encounter is still going to happen. (laughs) Just, I mean, if you decide to stay home, if you decide to leave right before God does something in an encounter, guess what? You missed out, but somebody is going to experience the encounter. Amen? So I'm ready to experience the encounter tonight. Is anybody here that says, I'm ready for an encounter with God? Amen. All right. So that was all free. That was my intro. I want you to grab your Bibles and turn with me to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. I told you all last night, Pastor Jared came to me and said, you got anything you want to share? And I was like, man, I've had this word burning inside of me, and I've been trying to contain it and put a lid on it, and it's been like just right there. And, and Yes, I've got something i got to say. And I hopped up here, and I shared something a little bit last night, but I was like, that's not it. I've got so much more, and I want to share that with you tonight. So uh, Acts chapter 3, we're going to read uh, Acts 3, 1 through 11, all right? Look at your neighbor and say, I'm ready. Here we go. Acts chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. It says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, and whom they had laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to beg for alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked for alms. He was begging. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said this. He said, look at us. So verse 5, he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. I'm going to stop right there. Because so many people dwell on what they do not have. They dwell on what they do not have. How many of y'all at night watch the QVC channel? All the, all the young kids are like, what are you talking about? Is that like a new MTV? Is that like, <laughs> no, QVC, you all remember QVC. 
they always sold things, and, and you'd be flipping through, and, and you'd be watching it, and you're like, oh, man, that's kind of cool, a, a, an onion dicer. I don't have one of those. <laughs> I got to have one of those. And here's the thing. When you, when you sit and you just dwell on things, the devil will get in your ears and tell you, hey, you don't have that. You don't have this. It's kind of like watching. Nowadays, you get something in your mind, and you go to your phone, and you'll be like on Facebook, and all of a sudden, it pop up as a suggested ad. You didn't even say anything. It just came to your mind, and it's there. Right? That's bonkers. It's crazy. So you, you, you have to, you, there's a lot of things that, that the devil will try to tell you that you don't have. But I want you to know this. Just like Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give unto you. Look at your neighbor and tell him, you've got something. Now look at him and say, I've got something. You just declared that you've got something living inside of you. All right? You just started something. You've got something inside of you. All right, he says this, silver and gold I do not have, but in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and his ankle bones received the strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered into the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what God had done or what had happened to him. Now, as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. You may look at, at verse 11 and you think, what, what does that have to do with anything? I'm, I'm going to do this, and I've got a little illustration, okay? <laughs> it says that he was holding on to Peter and John. Both of you guys come here. One on one side, one on the other. I'm going to hold on to you. You guys hold on to me, all right? Here's the deal. He was holding on to Peter and John, and all of the people stood amazed at what they had seen. I'm going to just prophesy tonight, okay? This revival is just the beginning of what God wants to do in our relationship, in the kinship, in this friendship right here, all right? We're going to continue to hold tight. We're going to continue to hold on to each other. We're going to lean on each other. We're going to get strength from each other. And when people see us, they're going to say, oh, man, I stand amazed at what God is doing in the three of those churches. I believe that God wants to do something great, not just at the river, at Lot Road, but at St. Joseph's as well. Hallelujah. Somebody receive that tonight. Thank you, Lord. You guys are going to be amazed at what God is going to do through us. Amen? Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Bless you guys. You guys are amazing. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this word. God, your word tells us that your word will not return void, and we declare that tonight, God. We declare, God, that what the, the words that are coming out of my mouth, God, are, are just a, I'm just the vessel. 
God, I'm just that vessel. I'm, you're using me, and somebody is going to be changed. Somebody is going to be transformed tonight. God, and I pray, Lord, that you would just have your way so that we can have an encounter with you. In Jesus' name, everybody shout amen. Amen. This story in the book of Acts, this is a very common story. Very common story. Most people understand this. They know it. They've, they've heard it. They've read it. And so uh, there's a lot of significance that this story carries r referring to the revival that we're having. Okay? And so I want to share that with you. Back in October, we had, uh, I think we had gone to lunch with some other pastors. And um, I said, hey, guys, I want you all to come over to the, to the church. I just want you to, let's just talk. Let's just hang out. And so... We, we just began to, like, share some things with each other, and, and I looked at Pastor Jared, and um, I said, man, I went to a conference, and uh, they've been baptizing a bunch of people. I mean, like, every single week, they baptize people. And so I was like, man, God put that in my heart that we should be baptizing. And he looked at me, and he was just in disbelief. He was like, are you serious? Are you kidding me right now? I said, no, I'm not. He said, God told me to do the same thing. I was like, let's go, man. And so I believe, the, I think two weeks later is when we got our baptistry and put it up. And we got the water. We filled it up. And so we've been baptizing people every Sunday, except for one, every Sunday since November the 14th. All right? There are some here tonight that have been baptized in the last two, three months. And so God is doing something great in the water. All right? In the water. And so last Thursday, we came together again. We came together. We stood here in the sanctuary. We consecrated the sanctuary. We, we saturated this place with oil. We touched every seat. We touched every door. And we just declared that God was going to do something great in this building, in this revival. Amen? And so we, we began to talk. And God began to speak to me, and I shared, shared three words with y'all. You remember that? And that's been on my heart since last Thursday. And I've, th that's why I'm like, oh, gosh, i got to get this word out. i got to get it out. Oh, Lord, let it come. And it's, it's going to come out tonight. Amen? It's going to come out tonight. And those three words are this. Immersion, submersion, and emergence. Immersion, submersion, and emergence, all right? So I had this, had this thought, I've got to, I got to go and do the etymology. Got to do the etymology, right? I got to look and see what this all means. And so these are my, my dis, uh, de definitions right here, okay? Immersion, you got to get in the water. You got to get in the water. Submersion means you got to get under the water. And then emergence means you got to get out of the water. Amen? And so I began to think about this, and I thought, well, that same process is kind of like the process of engagement, experience, and encounter. I shared with you last night that John the Baptist shared. He said, I, I baptize you in water but there's one mightier than I that's coming, and he's going to baptize you in the Holy Ghost and with fire. Amen? And so I, I want to just say this. Tonight, there's going to be some, some people that are going to have to make this, the decision to be immersed. All right? got to get in the water. 
All right? And once you get in the water, you got to get under the water. And when you get in under the water, something comes over you. And you're covered. You are saturated. You're completely wet. You are drenched. Amen? And so you got to decide to get in and to get under, but eventually you got to get out of the water. Amen? So how does this tie, how does this connect to this certain man in the book of Acts? Well, let me just share with you how that, how that all ties together, okay? Later in Acts, we find out that this certain man was over 40 years old. In Acts chapter 4, it says that he was 40, over 40 years old. The certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried and dropped off at the temple gate. For 40 years he did this. So he had to choose every single day. Every single day. Am I going to go today? Am I going to go today? This was the immersion. He had to choose to get in the water. He had to choose, am I going to go? Am I going to do this? Right? And so he said, I'm going to go every single day. They, were, they carried him and they dropped him off. Here's the thing. I shared this last night. For you to see your purpose, you have got to be in position. For you to see your purpose, you have got to be in position. Every morning he would get up for 40 years. Some of y'all are here tonight and you would have gave up after 40 minutes. <laughs> but he didn't give up. 40 years he went to the gate. He knew in order to have an encounter, he had to move. He couldn't stay in the same place. I shared this right here, Isaiah 43, 19, where this has kind of been like a foundational scripture for this revival, that, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Ecclesiastes 1 and 9 says this, though. It says that which has been is what will always be, and that which is done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. I said last night, this is kind of like a contradiction. God says he wants to do something new, but he says there's nothing new under the sun. Why? Because the Bible says that he declares the, the beginning from the end. He knows what's going to happen in your life. It was written in a book a long, long time ago. Amen? He knows that you were going to be here tonight. He knows how far you were going to go. Are you going to be immersed, submerged, uh, uh, submerged and then uh, uh, emerge out of the water? He knew how far you were going to go. Amen? And so, if nothing is new to God, then I believe that he is expecting us to do something new. He's expecting us to do something new. The lame man sat at the gate for 40 years, and it says he had this cup, begging for alms, asking for money, asking for money. Always asking, hey, I need some money. He's shaking that cup. You've seen, seen people begging. He did this for 40 years. He got stuck. He got stuck. Many of us have become stuck in our ways. When you become stuck, you become stagnant. <laughs> what happens when, you become, when something becomes stagnant? It stinks. 
it stinks. When you become stagnant, your, begin, your life begins to just stink. When you get stuck, you just look, and everything that you look at and everything that you see, it just stinks. Amen? When you get stuck, you create routines. When you get stuck, you create systems. You go through the motions. You do the same thing every single day. Just like the certain man, he, he had this daily routine. He would beg for money all day long. I want you to see this right here. He would beg for money all day. And you know he had to get there somehow. You know that he was getting some money. I'm, I guarantee you he didn't leave with, with an empty cup. So the people that were dropping him off and the people that were picking him up, they weren't going to do it for free. <laughs> they were his Uber drivers. Uber drivers aren't, aren't that generous. They expect to get paid. Amen? So these people that were expecting to get paid, these people that were dropping him off every single day, guess what? They were benefiting from his stuckness. They were benefiting from where he was at at all times. Constantly he was stuck. And so they were benef benefiting from that. You will have people in your life that don't want to see you get delivered, that don't want to see you be, uh, be set free, that don't want to see you get healed. Why? Because they're benefiting or they're profiting off of what you are, where you are at. So that's why it's important to always check your surroundings, check your circle, check your influences. Amen? Do that, uh, that self-evaluation and say, can I trust this person? Amen? I love what the NIV starts out, Acts chapter 3, like this. It says, one day, one day. Some of you might be here tonight. And you might be stuck. But guess what? You chose to be here. You made the decision to come tonight. You may be stuck, but today might be your one day. Today might be the day that you get set free. It might be the day that you get delivered. It might be the day that you're healed tonight. Amen? If that's you, I just want you to declare that tonight is your night. Amen? Come on, just lift your hands and say, tonight is my night. Tonight is my night. Some of you don't even know that you're going through something, but you need to just say, tonight is my night. Amen? Tonight is my night. They took him daily, and they laid him at this gate. They laid him at the, at, the, at the gate. I want you to see this. The gate's name was called Beautiful. I don't believe that Luke put this in there just for a coincidence, just to, just to say, oh, look, it was called Beautiful. No, it's, it's in there for a reason. God's word is always for a reason. I want you to see this. There is a Greek adjective used here that means happening or coming at the right time. Or to be ripe and to be ready. He said at this gate called beautiful, meaning to be ripe and to be ready. Happening or coming at the right time. He did this for 40 years years. Would you say that he was ripe and ready for an encounter? For 40 years, he was ready for an encounter with God. He was at the right place, and he was waiting for the right time. Amen?
Look at verse 3. It says, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him and jo with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Some of you all have heard this quote before. The atmosphere of expectancy is the breeding ground for miracles. The atmosphere of expectancy is the breeding ground for miracles. Amen? There has to be some expectation. You get in the water, you've gotten in, into position, you've been immersed, the immersion has taken place. The next step is the submersion. Submersion, I said that this was, uh, mine was you have to get into the water and then you have to go under the water. All right? Immersion, you have to get in position. Submersion, you have to receive. You have to receive. Verse 6, then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In other words, he was saying stop looking for the natural thing when God wants to give you the supernatural thing. Amen? He was begging for money and he was saying, well, you're lame. <laughs> do you want healing or do you want money? I don't have silver and gold, but what I do have I'm going to give you. Are you willing to receive it? You've chosen to be here at this gate called beautiful. You're ripe and you're ready. You're ready to receive, but are you willing to receive it? So he wanted to give him the supernatural. He said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He was name dropping, wasn't he? Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He said, rise up and walk. Rise up and walk. Sometimes that's all it takes is the word. Amen? River Church, you know what the word is. Who's the word? Jesus. Jesus is the word. When we speak the word, things happen. When we speak the name of Jesus, things happen. Amen. John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word is Jesus. If we could just understand the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. Amen. When you speak the name of Jesus, every knee has to bow, every tongue has to confess, and every demon in hell has to flee. Amen. When you speak the Word or when you speak the name of Jesus, things happen. Amen. So Peter said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. One of my favorite things about the Bible and reading the miracles of Jesus is when you start reading these words. Immediately, suddenly, at the word, at that moment. Listen, there was no rehab involved. No rehab involved. It happened at that moment. It happened immediately. He didn't have to crawl and learn how to walk again. It says that he got up and he began to leap. He began to praise the Lord. He began to dance. And everything had changed at that moment. Some of you are here to not expecting, and I believe that the moment you have an encounter with God, things are going to come into alignment. 
Amen? Things are going to come into a line. P- your pain that you have in your body is just going to disappear. It's going to leave. The depression that you have, it's got to go. Amen? The depression is going to go. The anxiety that you came in here with, it's got to leave. Some of you might have an addiction. It's going to disappear. We speak to it. We speak to it. It's got to go. Amen? So verse 8, he says, So he, the certain man, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. Many times people will have an encounter with God, and right after they begin to question everything. Did it really happen? Am I really healed? Oh, is that a little bit of pain coming back? I want you to hear this. Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So is he. The Bible says that we have the power of life and death in our tongue. That means when we speak, it happens. First, it's got to start right here. It's got to start in your head. You've got to know, I am healed. You start speaking it, and it's going to happen. Amen? Genesis 1 and 3, I know Pastor Jared talked about this last night. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. Guess what? The light didn't come until God spoke. Nothing is created without speaking. You have to speak it into existence. Amen? You want to be healed? Start declaring that you are the healed of the Lord. I am made whole by his precious blood. I am made whole by the stripes that he took on his back. Amen? If you declare it with your mouth, it will happen. The Bible says in Joel 3.10, let the weak say, I am strong. You want to be healed, say, I am healed. If you want a good marriage, start saying, I have a good marriage. I love my husband. I love my wife. Some of y'all look, I can't stand him. I can't stand her. You need to start saying, I love my wife. I love my husband. When you start declaring things, things begin to change. Amen? You want to be rich? Stop saying you're poor. All the the young adults said amen. Oh, let me just, uh, this is free right here. If you would start saying, I am rich, you never know, a financial blessing might just fall into your lap. Amen? <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> I'll receive that word. I'll re- hey, I'll receive $139,000 to pay off our church building. Because let me just say this, what God has done for one person in one place, he can do it for you. Hallelujah.
let me just increase my church's faith right here. I'm just going to tell you, $200,000 paid off in one year. If nobody else gets excited, Pastor Jared, I'm going to get excited with you because I'm going to believe that 139000 ain't nothing for our God. Hallelujah. Open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. So great that we cannot contain it. Now, young people, do you, do you receive that? Yes, yes, yeah. All right, I'm done. I'm done. Uh, worship team, come. I'm, I'm going to finish right here, okay? So you've got the immersion. You've got the submersion. Last step is the emergence. The emergence. Emergence means the process of being exposed after being concealed the process of being exposed after being concealed that means that you were once somewhere kind of hidden you went into the secret place but guess what it's time for you to come out it's time for you to be exposed it's time for you to come out of hiding it's it's time for you to come out of the water amen You've went under the water, now it's time to get out. You cannot stay in the encounter, but you can take the encounter with you. You can take the encounter with you. Verse 8 says, so he, leaping up, stood and walked and, enter and entered into the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and then they knew that it was he who, was setting, uh, sat, uh, who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. What God reveals from this revival will only cause our city, our county, to be amazed at what God is wanting to do. Amen? When we leave here, we're not just going to leave the encounter here. We're going to take it with us. Amen? We've got to take it with us. I want to give you a, a quick story. I like to worship and I like to be a part of, of, of service and, and just get in and die, you know, go all at it. But then, you know, things catch your attention. I'll, I'll, you get in the flesh, <laughs> right? But at the same time, <laughs> I'll, I'll say it this way. Last night, I saw this. I was standing right where Pastor Jared's setting. I stood right there. And during worship, Miss Lori, you came up here. And you grabbed this, this uh, vial right here. Grabbed the oil. And I watched her. She put her finger down in there. Got a little bit of oil. She put that lid back on, put the cork on it, and put it back down. And she turned around and went to walk. And she stopped dead in her tracks. And I, it was almost at that moment that I knew exactly what was getting ready to happen. She grabbed that oil. She got the whole bottle. And she went and found Skylar. 
and you guys went over here. You began to pray over her. You began to anoint her. And you took that whole bottle of oil. Some of you laugh, but I'm all about the oil. I'm all about the anointing. You began to pour that oil. The Bible talks about how it would run down the beard. And it would flow down the, the robes. And it would get into the, uh, into the toes and into the sandals. And it would get into there all over. And I remember seeing that oil <laughs> just begin to flow. And I loved it because when she, when she got, got the, the oil, she turned around and her eyes were this big. And the Holy Spirit had told her, said, no, don't just get a little bit. Take the whole thing. She was like, what am I about to do? I knew, what, I knew what she was getting ready to do. We've talked about the submersion. The submersion. In order for you to be submerged, you have to get completely saturated. Completely covered. Just a little bit ain't going to do. I love the fact that you poured that whole bottle of oil on top of her head, and it flowed. And afterwards, I saw this in my spirit, that some of you are going to walk out of this place looking like Skylar did last night. She had that oil all over. Her hair was soaked. Her clothes were soaked. She had it all low. She, after service, we were trying to figure out how we were going to get it out of her mom pants. That's an inside joke. But the Spirit revealed that to me, that some of you here tonight are going to leave here looking like Skylar. She had it just dripping. It was dripping. I wrote this down. Who wants the drip? <laughs> That's, that's like today's slang right there, man. Who wants the drip? I want the drip. Amen. I want it dripping off of me. I, want, I told Pastor Jared, hey, man, you just said go home and anoint your home. Go home and anoint your house. You can just take Skylar and drag her through your house because it was all over her. Some of you here tonight, you're going to get drip all over you. It's going to be dripping off of you. And when you walk into your house, come on, I want you just to stand up on your feet because I need you to get excited about the submersion and the encounter that you're about to have. Listen, you're going to walk into your house and it's going to be dripping off of you. Your child that's at home right now, that's sitting at home waiting on you to get home because he didn't want to come, he's going to see Mom, Dad, what in the world is dripping off of you? It's the power of God. It's the anointing of God. And it's going to be, it's going to be uh, dropped off, not just in your house, but it's going to be given to them as well. Some of y'all just need to go home and just kind of rub up against them and let them fill the oil. Let them get the oil of, the, of gladness, the oil of the anointing, the power of God on them. Amen? How many of y'all are ready for an encounter? Let me, let me wait till everybody gets up here and gets situated, then and I'll ask again. Look right here. How many of you are ready for an encounter? 
the same place. They would get in the same area, almost as if they were saying, this is my spot. Forgive me if you're here, but last night I was told before service, this is my seat. This is where I always sit. I introduced myself, and that was the first thing that this person said. This is where I sit. This is my seat every Sunday. And I wanted to look at at them and say, change seats. Do something different. God's... (laughs) I'm going to blow your mind. My church has already heard this. I'm going to blow your mind. Does God really move? Does God really move? The Bible says that he has declared the end from the beginning. He has seen our lives. He knows exactly where we're at, where we've been, and where we're going. I'll just say that God doesn't necessarily move. We move in God. Pastor Jared has said this, that God is omnipresent. That means he is everywhere at the same time. So that means if he is here and he were to move to there, here would no longer be in existence. But when we move from here to there, there is in our past. If God were to do that, then that means that he's not omnipresent. He's everywhere at the same time. He's in our future. He's in our past. But he's right there beside you, everywhere that you go. We've shared, he wants to do something new. But it's up to us to decide what he's going to do. We have to do something new. We have to move in God. Amen? It's up to you tonight what level you're going to get to. Are you going to just stay engaged? Or are you going to get to the experience and say, oh, I went to revival? Are you going to say, I went and had an encounter at the new year, new encounter revival at Lot Road? Are you, what are you going to say? What are you going to say? Listen, if you're here tonight and you want to have an encounter with God, that means that you have to move in God. Amen? You can't stay seated. You see, this certain lame man, he could have stayed right where he was at. Even though he had been healed, he could have, I'm just going to, illustration. He could have just stayed laying there. I'm healed. I'm healed. But I ain't moving. He had to decide, I'm going to get up, get, get some help. I'm going to get up. I'm going to leap, and I'm going to praise God for the encounter that I have had. 
Amen. So if you're here tonight and you want to have an encounter with God, you have to choose to get up here to this altar and have an encounter with him. You have to move in God. I'm waiting for you to come. He's waiting for you to come. I want you to slip out of your seat and get up here to this altar right now because God wants to have an encounter with you. He said that he was going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Guess what? It's already happened. It's already here. That was prophesied over 2,000 years ago. The Spirit has been poured out. It's up to us to step into that power. It's up to us to step into the Spirit. It's up to us to step into the anointing. Amen? Come on, lift your hands all across this front right here. Father, in the name of Jesus, you see their desire, you see their passion. Lord, they are here to pursue the encounter. They're here to pursue whatever that you have for them, God. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just pour out something new, God. They've moved, so God, do what you said that you would do. Make a covenant right now. Make, show us your promises right now, God. Pour out your spirit upon the, the young people, God. God, let your old men see visions, God. Lord, let us have dreams, Lord. Lord, pour it out, God, and have an encounter with us tonight. Thank you, Jesus.